The Lost Hero, Chapter One. Jason. Even before he got electrocuted, Jason was having a rotten day. He woke in the backseat of a school bus, not sure where he was, holding hands with a girl he didn't know. That wasn't necessarily the rotten part. The girl was cute, but he couldn't figure out who she was or what he was doing there. Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Okay. Guys, this is it. We have begun the Heroes of Olympus. What is this? This is weird. (laughs) We have a new logo. We have a new intro. So many things are changing. We have a new logo? Wow. Clearly, Ava is behind. (laughs) We do have new new, uh, uh, podcast art. Uh, provided by Matt Williams of Fandom Encounters. So, oh, that's thank you, awesome! Matt. Very exciting. Very exciting. Neve, Ava, how are we doing? Good. Miss you, Ava. <laughs> Miss you. Ava. Ava was visiting me yesterday. It was very fun. Yeah, I got really sunburned. Like it's like this isn't a you visual, medium, but like guys. Oh my oh. gosh. I was looking at you, right? I was like, no, you didn't. But now I understand. Not on my face, but like there are specific patches like mm-hmm. on my like shoulders. And oh my God, no, it's really not good. But other than that, I'm doing well. I'm um, doing better than I was in our last episode. So That's fun. good. Yeah. It's all very good considering we recorded that like three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was a quick turnaround. And so I'm proud of you. I know. I think I really just needed to go to a New Jersey beach. <laughs> yes. I am doing well. I slept a lot today. Like a lot. That's always good. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow I have a dentist appointment. So that's going to be sad. So I'm taking in all the time I can when I'm not having a dentist appointment. I have one in like three days. I'm so upset. I have to get a crown put on. Oh, oh no. I am 20 years of age and need to put a crown on my tooth. I am sorry. Oh. I've never had anything done to my teeth. I Okay, flex harder. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I just have chalk teeth. I don't understand. I have genetically superior teeth. You I just be like you it sounds silly but you literally do. No, I know. I my teeth are yellowy though, like genetically kind of yellowish no matter what I do to whiten them, they they Ooh. won't be. So like you win some, you lose some. Never mm-hmm. had a cavity, but I'll never be perfect. <laughs> How are you, Brayden? <laughs> yeah. I, I got a haircut and yeah, that did. that was transformational. I'll be riding that high for, for about a week. Um Understood. at least. And then I'll hate myself again, but it's fine. <laughs> Please. All right. At least you got an itinerary. I was like, I got a week out of it. I move soon. I'm not packed. I think I think on our last episode I was way ahead packing and now this episode I'm very behind packing. So I mean nice. committed to one or the other. Things happen very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Like time. Time is fake. All right. We are beginning the lost hero today. We are Starting off with chapters one and two, we're starting off easy, taking it two chapters before we jump into four chapters at a time. Uh, 
And the theme this week is orientation. And we have no chapter titles to read because we don't do chapter titles anymore in Heroes of Olympus, which is sad. We can take a second to mourn that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, we're over it. But these are these are Jason point of view chapters. Uh, before we jump into our normal stuff, how do we feel about starting Heroes of Olympus? About starting the Lost Hero? This is a completely new journey. Um, I hope this book is better than I remember it. Same. That's real. I just remember I'm... it being very long for no purpose. You know, I have such vivid memories of falling asleep to this book night after night after night, like. I remember being at the beach with my family like years ago and I was like trying to read this book and like I would just fall asleep. And so like I would try to read the same chapters night after night and I just couldn't do it. So hopefully that doesn't happen to me again. Mm-hmm. This was a <laughs> this was a big audio book that I listened to in like middle school to fall asleep. Like I, I like listened to it all like through but not necessarily chronologically because that was at the point where like I do actually I think I read it but like I listen to it a lot to go to sleep. So I have like very key point memories and then some things I don't remember at all. Yeah. But I'm excited. I'm going into this optimistically. I I saw someone somewhere say like it's not interesting to see people just hate on something for an hour. And I'm like, you're right. There's only so far we can get with that. So I'm going to go yeah. into this positively. I'm looking for the <laughs> things I like. I think we're going to have a good time because we're going to be in this for a while. <laughs> it's a long book. <laughs> it is a long book. And speaking of long books, um, I am doing the summary this week. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was kind of a transition. It Sure. Sure, you definitely spoke words. Like, <laughs> All right. Who is going to time me? I'm pulling it up right now. I was like, I already, like, Ava was so ready. I was, it was, it was an empty question because I could see Ava whip out her phone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So whenever we're good. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, go. All right. Bus. Another bus. <laughs> um, Jason wakes up he doesn't know where he is um, uh, Piper and Leo are there they're kind of cool uh, Coach Hedge is a satyr uh, there are wind spirits they try to push them off the Grand Canyon Jason can fly oh no Percy is missing uh, and there is Annabeth and she comes and uh, the, the satyr Coach Hedge almost dies um, and Jason's son of Zeus maybe that was good. It was no. not chronological, but it doesn't matter. No, but you got there. You kind of got like the whole two chapters. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, I got. I I almost tripped myself up with my joke at first, um, but I I liked it. it. Mm. Buzz, another buzz. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That there was actually only one bus, but it is another bus because it's a throwback to the opening of the Lightning Thief, which starts on a bus as well. Oh, yeah! Oh, good job. I will. I just realized that in this moment, it sounded like I was like doing my research and prepared, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, no, 
Lightning Thief opens on a bus where Nancy Boba Fett throws her her sandwich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We are doing something I'll... for the playlists this I almost semester. <laughs> is not semester. Also, my microphone's doing funny things. Give me a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was about to say your microphone changed crazy, but for that. Yeah. All right. I think we're good again. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to do something a little different for the playlist this semester, this season. Um, we, we are each going to pick a song for each set of chapters we go through because we, we're not going through consistently two by two anymore. And so we thought that this way we would all get to do our favorite segment and participate in that. So who would like to share their musical selection of the week. I can go first because I realized that all throughout the first series, I never really picked like a silly song. Like they always had like very, very well thought out meanings behind them, which like love that for me. I am a music major. Like I would, like I get why I did that. Um, But I saw the opportunity to pick a silly song for these chapters and I took it with full force. My song is Moo by Doja Cat. (laughs) (laughs) new exclamation point i love it would you like to to provide your reasoning i mean if you're reading along with us (laughs) where the inspiration comes from um the megaphone won't stop saying the cow says moo which is funny to me so i like it thank you i i I almost went a similar direction. I almost selected Waking Up in Vegas by Ugh. Katy Perry because That's I thought that was really funny. Insane banger. Like, oh my God, what a good song. Like, no, One it of isn't. the best songs of all time, arguably. Yeah. It isn't <laughs> a good song, but like, like, isn't it? It is. It, it definitely is. is. But I was like, okay, it's not quite fitting. I will save that for a better week. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I swung the complete opposite direction. Uh, I chose God Only Knows by the Beach Boys because I thought that would be a very interesting opening to the series where we like the song starts playing and as we like go from like an aerial shot and zoom inside the bus and it's because it ha- it's like happy but also melancholy at the same time. Yeah. And I just think of like zooming in on Jason, not knowing where he is while everyone else around him is like doing bus school kid things. And it's just like, do, 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 do. And then God only knows what I'd be without you. Is like, he doesn't yeah. know anything because amnesia. Yeah. I, I like that too. Yeah. I chose one that was a little, it also touched on the amnesia theme. Um, I chose flesh and bone by Sammy Ray and the friends. Um, I love Sammy Ray. I love Sammy Ray. I I also have to listen to Sammy Ray now. Like you yeah. do. I played Talk yes, It Up in Neve's car forcibly a few times. Yes. And I'm trying to convert her. <laughs> um, I would recommend the feeling as the first song to listen to. I agree. That's like my favorite song right now. Okay. Talk It Up is my favorite, but the feeling was like a close second. It's so good. Um, yeah, but I yeah, I selected Flesh and Bone because Jason's having this crisis of like 
I don't know. I mean, he starts with like a, who am I? But then it's like, he flies and he's like, oh my God, what am I? Like, I just need mm. some sort of answer about like corporeally, like what is going on? Um, so don't we all, yeah. <laughs> don't we all, I, I think. Answer about what corpore- corporeally is going on. Yeah, that'd be good. A good thing to know. <sighs> Great musical selections this week, guys. Mm. Like really inspired. All right. What did we forget? I'll take it away. Not a lot. Crazy. I'm um, so proud of you, Ava. I know. Because <laughs> um, as you may remember, I said the one thing that I remember from The Lost Hero was Jason, Wind, and Bridge. And that's where it happened. <laughs> so. Indeed. Yeah, so I really did remember that. Um, I think I forgot that, like, he started knowing Coach Hedge. Like, I thought maybe Coach Hedge came in, like, a few chapters later. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's kind of it. I don't know. I just, I really did remember these chapters. (laughs) Crazy, I know. I also did. And if I forgot anything, like, this book does have a killer opener. Like, mm-hmm. this is fantastic. They're like, who? here's this new character. He has no idea who he is. Like, that's interesting enough already. Like, who is he? And then the end of the chapter for Annabeth to come in and then like, well, chapter two. For the end of chapter two to end with, like, looking for, like, this guy named Percy Jackson. Like, whoa, that was really good. Like, it was a very good, I mean, it was definitely like a fan service moment to like have him mentioned like that, but it was great fan service. So thank you, Rick. Good job. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm not going to say too much on it yet because I think our theme this week is we're going to get into how good it is as an opening. Um, But I think I remember most of it. It's just very like burned in my brain, except I forget that Coach Hedge gets lost the beginning of this book. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I thought that was so funny. (laughs) For no reason. I also forgot how how funny Coach Hedge is. Like, as he really is. I like Coach Hedge. I always have. He's fun. He's great, and I relate to him more now that I also kind of hate kids. <laughs> we didn't have that perspective when we were first reading this, but now I understand. <laughs> we didn't know how truly frustrating a bus full of middle schoolers is. <sighs> or guys, not middle schoolers. <laughs> early high school freshmen. They're like freshmen, sophomore age scary sophomores probably yeah truly scary i don't know how old our characters are here i thought it was freshmen they're like 15 16 ish so they are probably freshmen they're Mm. probably 15 15 would be freshmen 16 would be sophomore i'm not sure honestly i feel like we need to look this up because i think we might get scathing reviews for not knowing something this simple how old are <laughs> Jason, Piper, and Leo at the beginning of Heroes of Olympus. I basically read that slowly because I was stalling while I was Googling it. Oh, I understand that from there. Okay. Oh, here, it, this is a whole... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Quora, Quora... I don't oh, know yeah. that website where people ask questions. I do know the website. 
has been a, bi- a big friend of this podcast. Okay, here are the answers. In Heroes of Olympus, Percy was 17. Annabeth is 16, turned 17. Oh, in the House of Hades. Okay. Jason was 15, turned 16 in Mark of Athena. Piper was 16. Leo is 15, turned 16. Frank is 15. Hazel is 13. What? Oh, right. It doesn't sit right with me. Right? I don't think I processed that one. No. And Nico is 14, which also feels too young. Oh my god, Nico's older than Hazel, though? That feels weird. Really? That makes sense to me. Huh. And then... Reyna is 16. We don't meet her for a while. That's not important. But so basically, they're all... So at this moment, Jason and Leo are 15 and Piper is 16. Okay. So they're probably freshmen. So they're probably freshmen. They could... Yeah. What month does this take place during? Like what time of year? Because the rest of the books, like, I know Mark of Athena through Blood of Olympus, that's like summertime. I honestly envisioned this as winter. I was going to say, last Mm -hmm. year, this takes place during the winter, right? I think so. It feels like it. Yeah, so they might be, so I think they might be sophomores. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. I forgot we discovered that Rick does not know what grades ages are, so we don't <laughs> yeah. actually know. Because True. Percy is supposed to be a sophomore, but if he's 16 turning 17, he should be a junior. Yeah. No. Well, I guess I have a late... Hmm. You have a late birthday. Yeah. I know, but still, like, if, okay. So if yeah, if he turns seventeen, be yeah, because if he turns seventeen by the end of Heroes of Olympus, that would be junior mm-hmm. because then he would turn eighteen the next year to go to college. Yeah, but they say that he was going to start sophomore year, so confusing. So I think in this universe where everyone starts school a year early, <laughs> they're freshmen, but in real life they're sophomores. Vibes. I'm glad we figured that out. Let's take a break and then talk about (laughs) the theme. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. 
the theme this week is orientation. So I think we can go about this two ways. So we have orientation, how the characters are getting oriented and how we as readers are getting oriented within a new story. Mm -hmm. And we also have two different meanings of orientation. There's a lot to get into here. True. Where do we want to start? All right, let's start with how, how these two chapters orient us into a new story, into Lost Hero, into Heroes of Olympus, and into our three new main characters. Yeah. I don't know. I think, like, already the stakes are higher. Um, and so it's, I don't know, I think Rick makes it very clear that, like, you are not in the old series anymore. Like, this is very much the step up just in a sense of like I don't know stakes and life or death and you know everything like that so I think like he really wanted to communicate that and just basically be like this is a test of like this is the crazy shit that happens in chapter one are you ready (laughs) you know so I think that's partially how he was trying to orient the readers um yeah Yeah, I think we get it set up to be, oh, this is, this is no longer middle grade. This is young adult because we, the action seems a little more intentional. We get some uh, racism in the the first chapters right away with Piper. Um, We also get some clear representation, which isn't, uh, a an aspect that should only be in young adult, but I think at this time when the, which was coming out, easier to write in a, a young adult um, context than a middle grade context and get published, um, which is not how it should be, but but is how how it be, um, and also the fact that we are already getting two characters of color in the first chapter is like, oh, we're not in Kansas anymore. Like we're yeah, like yeah. we've evolved. Uh, we are willing to talk about these things, and also we get a character who's introduced and lost, and maybe dead in the first chapter, which is different. I mean, I guess Sally dies right away, so maybe it's not different. Hmm. But amnesia is a complex topic to talk about. Yeah. And the the dynamics that we see in their relationships are also more... We're getting into relationships and romance right away, which were not really discussed in depth until the end of the original Percy Jackson series. Yeah, we had to wait book after book for like one little thing. One little kiss. One little underwater moment. (laughs) No, yeah. But then it's this Jason and Piper thing right away. But then, yeah, I don't know. It's just so many different levels of like, uh, like emotional consciousness almost because there's like Jason 
who suddenly has no emotional connection to these people. And then it's like, he's still asking something of them. Like he's still being like, well, you have to believe me, whatever. And then there's like the emotional, like harm that like Piper and Leo feel from like whatever happened to him and how, I don't know. It's just, it's so tough for them to communicate in this first chapter. And it's so complex because they're all coming at it from like wildly different angles almost. And like, we're already seeing Rick tackle that. So yeah, it's just, it's, he's not playing around. Yeah, but there's, it's all, (laughs) my words did not come out like they were supposed to. Um, But yeah, we also get this complex Piper and Jason situation in which I think there's questionable like consent things going on in which one of them is in a relationship with the other and then the other is not. So how do you navigate that? Because Piper has this impression that these boundaries and rules are established in their relationship. And Jason is unaware of any of that. So they're having to navigate the situation. And this becomes a big plot line of the, the whole book, which I think I'm excited to look into because it's a very complicated situation. Um, but it's, it's set up very well where it's, we get a little of it, but we don't dive it into how complex it is. Like you can pick up that like, this is, this is weird, but it's, it, he doesn't lay on anything too deep, but he sets up everything very nicely individually. Yeah, I agree. Can I do a quick test really quick? Just count, just cut this out. Can you hear the emergency thing in my living room? No. Mm-mm. Okay, good. Then I can come back and participate. She's very loud. She's like screaming at us like, this is a life-threatening situation. And we're like, okay. It's like, <laughs> the tornado's on the other side of the state, but okay. <laughs> Anyways, what were we talking about? Anyways, we are talking about uh, how Rick orients us into a new series. I kind of love how he doesn't bring anyone from the old series in right away. I agree. I I like that he we do just jump in to a situation that's very much already established. The because mm-hmm. the big thing with almost every Percy Jackson book is we get exposition every single first couple chapters. Yes. And we get actually very little ex- overt exposition in these chapters. Because Jason the, doesn't know any exposition. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's he uses amnesia in a great way in which we end up in a situation that we don't know, but we're learning as Jason learns. And yeah, therefore, yeah. we're learning in a more organic way where we're not, no one's like, here's the deal. We learn little bits as we go. And we don't really learn the full story, the full situation that we're in until the very end of this book. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And we also have to work harder, like, because there is no omniscient, you know, narrator in that way. Like, I guess in some ways there kind of is, but like, it's not like they give away things left and right. So it's like, if you want to piece together things for yourself and try to know things that Jason doesn't know, like you have to work for it, which I think is respectable. And that's another thing that really sets us up as, as young adult fiction and not middle grade fiction, as we were saying, is that the, the reader has to do a lot more of their own work. Mm-hmm. and not everything is laid out for them, which is nice. Like, I've enjoyed reading the Percy Jackson books, but it's nice to get a little more of that. There, There's more almost respect to the reader that, like, you're going to understand because it's aimed at a higher audience or higher-level reading audience that mm-hmm. you're like, not everything has to be laid out for you which is nice and feels more realistic. And I think it leaves us room to go into these themes a little deeper in the less obvious ways that aren't just like being told to us. And it's more like picking up the, there's more room for like symbolism and things like that because not everything has to be laid out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> all right where where do we see orientation in the way that the characters are getting oriented in the story it's kind of merciless you know like <laughs> like i think the way like leo is introduced oh Like, it is so aggressively from, like, one perspective. And, like, it's kind of saying, like, this is how, like, Amnesiac Jason thinks of Leo. Here is how he is. Yeah. You're going to have to wait and fight for it if he's going to change in your mind. And, like, I think the partially, like, Rick writes such a harsh introduction of him to, like, communicate that to us to be like hey (laughs) even my like closer to first person um characters can be biased too and can be very questionable and have their own opinions that are strong in different ways than a reader's opinion should be possibly um and so like it's just really interesting. Like he really goes out the gate describing Leo as like this very specific type of person. And like, I don't know. It's just like, it's, mm, I don't know. It, it teaches us a lot. I think the readers. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the, the, the big thing I think about the heroes of Olympus series is it's stylistically completely different where we get POV chapters mm-hmm. in which, every chapter is told by a different narrator and we get i don't know the number actually off the top of my head but we get probably about like 10ish different narrators over the course of the series because we have the seven and i think we have nico and reina so maybe like not we get like nine or 10 different narrators for this whole series and so we are able to have characters that are a little more biased because mm-hmm. Percy is obviously biased, but we have to take his perspective because that's all we get. But you can see in like what you're saying, the way 
we are introduced to Leo and also I think the way we're introduced to Piper is they can be a little more harsh because I don't think in these first two chapters, particularly in the first chapter, Leo and Piper don't come off well because their first impression is them joking. They're like, oh, look, we're criminals. And we're like, oh, these are these are different characters that we're not used to because Percy, Annabeth, like they're like, oh, bad things happen to them. It's very Mm -hmm. clear that like Percy is not a bad person. He just has bad luck. But it's clear that Leo is intentionally malicious in his pranking and Piper steals cars. (laughs) Queen, girl boss energy. Girl Girl boss energy. I love Piper. I love Piper too. I, when I first read it, I was like, I don't know if I have a favorite, whatever. And then I like read the first two chapters of this and I was like, oh my God, I would die for Piper. (laughs) But yeah, so they don't come off fantastic at first. And then we get to learn, know them more slowly. And I like that. Yeah. I think partially like the reason why they kind of come off more harshly is like, Rick might be teaching readers a lesson of like the dangers of stigmatizing like quote unquote, like delinquents, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty major. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I think the original series touches on that a little bit with Percy, mm-hmm. but we don't really get into it. I think as much as we do in this book. Yeah. True. And I think I'm also surprised by how much when I read it the first time, I did not know their godly parents right away because now it seems so obvious. Mm. Yeah, I agree. They're like, oh, Leo, he can't sit still. He's always fidgeting and making things. Why is he such a good inventor? Oh, Piper, she's so pretty, but not because she's trying. She is not like other girls. Bro, that line, I was like, I don't even know, like Rick meant it in the misogynistic way, or he or he meant it in the way that he wanted to make Jason like a little misogynistic. I don't know, but that line, I was like, she's not like all the other girls. I think that <laughs> these books were kind of written. Actually, I'm gonna fact check myself, but in my memory, these books were coming out in the big. I'm not like other girls era. Yes, absolutely. I think you're right. Like more so than Percy Jackson. Like Percy Jackson almost came out before the like Hunger Games, Divergent, dystopian future where we're not like other girls kind of era. Yes. Let me look. Keep going. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like a Rick thing, honestly. I, I think this is one of the big questions we are setting out to answer in this series is that is Rick's writing just kind of misogynistic or is he intentionally writing Jason to be misogynistic? <laughs> yes. I know. No, and also crazy. Leo. It did come out around the Hunger Games, by the way. So like that sort of era, early 2010s of like, not like other girls writing that was like started by Percy Jackson and Harry Potter but really developed in like 2014. I know we are all thinking John Green, but I'm hesitant to say that as I don't think he was the main perpetrator of this thing. Personally, I think that his characters, if anything, 
directly combated i'm not like other girls okay that's that where that's a stretch in some books like okay let's think about paper towns it's this guy getting complete that we're like so off topic now but it's this guy getting completely obsessed with this one girl convinced that she's she's leaving things for him and then she finds him and then he finds her and she's like no i wasn't i wasn't looking for you to come find me i guess not like the like she was not like other girls but like men being obsessed with finding some sort of manic pixie dream girl i don't think john green was the worst perpetrator of that i mean well i think the manic pixie dream girl and not like other girls girl are different girls i well i think maybe manic pixie dream girl is like under the umbrella of not like other girls yeah i was about to say i think it's a square rectangle situation but i think the like square rectangle situation because they definitely are Exactly. But I think the Piper type is definitely much closer to the Katniss, the Triss. They're like, yes. she's a badass, but she's a also effortlessly beautiful. Mm. She and just looks like she has makeup on naturally. <laughs> yes. It's the um, it's the like Megan Fox type where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, she's uh, beautiful and sexy, but she also does manly like masculine things yeah. better than a man could and yeah. you're like okay what are we doing here yeah i think like it's like two divisions yeah it's like two different divisions of because you think annabeth and hermione fit into the like i can do anything a man can do like academically and like i'm smart like guys Annabeth mm-hmm. a little more both like being smart and being um good at manly manly and quote unquote things but these ones really piper really leans into the Katniss trust thing i agree with that yeah yeah you can tell so many of these women were written by men like you can just (laughs) oh yeah very much so but i do love piper (laughs) oh i love piper yeah no i understand there's there girls was a popular is because people like the not like other girls girl yeah and it's also like a very likable character yeah and also like speaking realistically like the characters in books even if it's not from their point of view like they do exist separately like as themselves and like piper doesn't do anything wrong by existing you know so it's like whatever like I, you can't pin it on the character it's never their problem <laughs> yeah yeah i do think that's a good point how characters are an entity separate from how they're written in a lot of ways in which in a in a moment a character can do something and that characterizes them but like how they are and how they are perceived by the audience as a collective as a whole kind of makes what their character is more than the writing of a moment of that character that makes any sense at all no it does like whenever a writer writes a character you kind of have to let them go because it's like you are literally creating a human and you understand that like that comes with autonomy for them right like so Mm. exactly yeah. Because, like, how they come off is more important than the intention. Mm-hmm. 
do we are i need your opinions on this are we a fan of piper and jason do we hate them are we indifferent tbd tbd indifferent at the current moment but you know need confirmation of what i remember happening in this book and then we'll develop the opinion further same yeah i think i my prediction is that i like them in the like plot of like her fake memories i think that's so interesting Mm -hmm. should they get together after this little plot that's another question Mm. yeah like that's a whole different set of circumstances and definitely conversations they have to talk (laughs) oh yes we will definitely have a lot of conversations about all of this indeed (laughs) this whole thingamajig all right Anything else we have to say on orientation or are we ready for sass moments? I'm good. All right. Time for sass moments. I can go. Um, (laughs) My first one is in chapter, or my, not my first one. My one is in the first chapter. Um, (laughs) The part that it really got me for some reason is Piper stifled a laugh. My God, Leo, how did you do that? Leo slipped a tiny Phillips head screwdriver from his sleeve. I'm a special boy. <laughs> like, he knows what he's doing. This man is fun. He me. <laughs> um, mine's kind of stupid, but it's also in the first chapter. And it's just the one of the students saying, stand up, Coach Hedge, when he tries to get everyone's attention. <laughs> Yeah, it made me laugh, and it also made me think. Oh no, I won't mention. I, I guess it doesn't really matter. But when we went to the beach yesterday, me and Ava were absolutely. It was high tide, so me and Ava were having a great time. But the two friends we were with are five three and five five respectively, so they were having a bad time <laughs> yeah. fighting for their lives in those waves. But me and Ava were just relaxing. Oh, so great time. Me that made me laugh. Yeah, so stand up. my moment is the top of 24 uh it's coach hedge uh cursed boy he snapped at jason didn't you leave some for me i like a challenge leo got to his feet breathing hard he looked completely humiliated his hands were bleeding from clawing at the rocks yo coach super go whatever you are i just fell down the freaking grand canyon stop asking for challenges (laughs) i love that one all right it is time for our first offerings of the lost hero and the heroes of olympus this is a great moment we have all new characters we're starting fresh who wants to go first i want to know what you guys are going to do before i go damn i was going to say that too (laughs) okay i'm gonna go with coach hedge damn it brayden i was literally gonna go with coach (laughs) how much i already miss him i mean you can also go with coach hedge there's nothing stopping you now we'll think about it because it feels a little stupid to start off the book with two offerings for the same character you know i mean he does he doesn't come back for a little bit so you know he deserves it Um, 
I'm going to start off with Annabeth, even though she's kind of a bitch in this chapter. <laughs> she deserves to be. She is allowed to be. With good reason. Yeah. yeah. She was misled. I would be a bitch too. Yeah, same. I mean, like, who's doing it like Piper? <laughs> <laughs> no one. No one is no doing it. No one at all. So I have to give it to her. I mean, like she had, there were a lot of little obstacles that she had in these chapters. And like, she had a few big ones. Yeah. (laughs) And like, she got through them without like, I don't know. She's just a a real one. And I love her. (laughs) All right. Vote off the island. I'm going to go with the not obvious one and I'm going to say the racist girls. Period. Period. What did you consider the obvious one? Dylan. Mm. He does deserve it though. Like feel free to go for it. I'll give it to Dylan. I can't remember how often he shows up again. He uh, he has a little cameo later. Yeah. So since there won't, probably won't be another opportunity for a while. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I want to, like, since you guys have those areas covered, I might go with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Period. Period. Like, something just doesn't sit right with me about how he like perceived Piper and Leo (laughs) I agree period yeah I love that all right folks that is all for this week next week we are starting going four chapters at a time so join us next week where we will be talking about chapters three through six through the theme of shock Make sure to follow us on social media. We're at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. And we also have a coffee profile and a website, returntocamp.com, and a Redbubble store. Yay. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Wave. See you next week. <laughs>